That's why it says, if I don't change, I'm dying in this living room. If I don't stop smoking cigarettes for lunch, breakfast, and dinner, and staying up all night thinking about how unworthy I am of happiness, I'm going to die. This is Champagne is also a band podcast. One songwriter, one song. I'm Sven, your host for a journey into the music of Champaign-Urbana. Recorded in the Blue Box studio with a songwriter from the Champaign-Urbana music scene, past or present. Champagne is also a band podcast is proud to be a part of the Champagne Showers podcast network. Welcome to bonus episode 11, Music in the Time of Coronavirus. I'm going to be talking to Kenna May from episode 13. I'm going to be talking with them about their solo project, Sweet Milk, as well as their new EP, Living Room, dropping April 16th. That's right, today, this very same day that this episode airs. Without further ado, let's get on to the interview. Kenna, it's so amazing to be able to interview you again. So let me be the first to say welcome to the show. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. (laughs) Living Room is a three-song EP, and it was created and recorded during this pandemic. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. It was actually written in this living room that I'm sitting in right now talking to you. The first track, Staring, is one of the first songs that I wrote here in Pontiac, once moving here, um, at the kind of beginning of the Great Choir. Living Room, which I released earlier with a studio performance video, which you can, you can find on my Facebook if you're interested. I specifically remember writing that song right here on this couch one evening here. And then the last song is called Feel Good. I wrote that on the porch swing downstairs here in Pontiac. So these three songs are a sort of like a little bit of a story of what Pontiac has felt like to be here. The thing that struck me about this album is it's you, a guitar, and I think Staring is the only song that has drums in it. It hits me as very vulnerable, but also very much you. Everything about it just is you. Did you say that that Staring was the first song that you wrote, so this is kind of in chronological order? It is 100% in chronological order. There's a lot of songs that were written in between all of those tunes, but Staring is the first song that I really wrote once moving here. It was the first, you know, writing session upon moving up here. So much of my life had changed, and the pandemic was just happening. So I'd moved up here before the pandemic was a thing. It was just sort of a whisper in the news. And then it happened. And so I was already sort of isolated and and just like having no real community up here. And so I didn't have a lot of writing energy in the fuel tank or however you want to say that. So Staring was the first song that I felt like writing after taking some time to adjust. I love it. It's got this really hyper romantic feel. And I think that's really a lot to do with just the sweetness of the little guitar melody, but James did such an amazing job of just hearing the romance in that and holding that up musically. So it was really, really fun to kind of watch that come together. 
I think I'm running this wonderful track record of taking the exact opposite interpretation of what the songs are about. <laughs> so this is going to be really interesting. I'm super, yeah, I no, just got is, really excited um, <laughs> because too. I ended up breaking down the, the three songs because, you know, they, they kind of get this nice bookend and then the title track is like right in the center of it. So mm-hmm. it, it has it has this nice peak and valley to it, you know, um, valley, peak, valley, should I say not, you know, <laughs> well, I broke all three songs down kind of as staring is the relationship to the world at how the world like looks at you. The living room is a relationship to self and yeah. um, feel good is a relationship to another. So it's just this, this, this like relate, the whole thing was this idea of this relationship back and forth and how you as an individual like relates to different parts of the world i think that's so beautiful and i and i don't think you're like wrong in that interpretation because i think especially looking back on these songs and why they feel good to put together in this ep is because you know relationship is what i was craving in each one of those writing experiences you know in living room you're 100 percent on point of of wanting to have a relationship with myself of wanting to know who the hell I am at this point in my life and realizing that I really don't know who that is. And then with feel good, it was most definitely inspired by another person's behavior in my life, but granted me an opportunity to see what I really want out of another and out of myself. So, and for everyone sort of in my community is I just want everyone to have access to feeling good. So I think you're we're spot on with the topography of the EP that you saw. Uh, so like staring, uh, I think it's what's really interesting is you start off with a, if you're staring at me, I'm staring at you. And then you also finish with that l- same line. But I feel that the beginning here, so I see that first part, I, I saw it as kind of this, like a judgment kind of thing in the beginning, but more, but at the end, it was more of a, a, an understanding or an acceptance. So at first, there's you're staring at each other, and it's kind of in judgment, but in the end, it's you're staring at each other and more of like acceptance and understanding between one another. So I, I, I'm kind of curious about how you construct songs and and put that kind of line because you do like to return to lines but have yes, it have a different feeling the next time you hear it because you're like oh that's what that okay so it wasn't that way before but it is that way now uh, yeah i think i mean you're 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 outing me as maybe a little bit of a lazy writer because that's something that's a tool that i fall back on as a writer all the time is that full circle it's something about that just feels good for me is is um coming back to sentiments with a with a new perspective or a another attempt at making something feel specific while while staying as vague as as possible i suppose maybe it's no secret but maybe if if it is a secret to you i apologize but i really admire <laughs> your writing style and so it both both in musically as well as um poetically or even lyrically yeah lyrically is much better way to put it <laughs> Like, but I, I think of those mechanisms and I think that that is what I think it, it gives you almost like it gives you the same information as before, but or, or no, it gives you the same indication as before, but you have more information because you've gone through the song and now you're like, oh, that's what that means. 
One of the things that I, I, I love about that, that staring the beginning, I kept thinking about, you know, it's just this, that wonderful tremolo electric. That's you playing the guitar, I'm assuming. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And um, is that all you as the choir, the background vocals? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all me too. How did you think of, of forming that song or did it just seem that that's what lent it, it had to be? The birth uh, and, and sort of growth of this song has been really fun. So um, James and I hadn't worked together since Blue Darlin' six years ago now. When the quarantine happened and there was that like community Beatles cover with our sister city. But James was doing most of the engineering and recording for that. I sang on that and he was like, well, if we're going to be like in the studio why don't you just like bring your guitar? Let's do some, lay down a few songs. And I was like, hell yeah. Like I need this. So I want to make music. Yeah. It'd been so long. I think I had just finished staring like a week before and about two or three days prior to the recording session, I had written living room. He had this amazing guitar and we went through this really old amp and I can't remember what kind of amp it was now, but it had this really nasty tremolo that was just so thick and amazing it was so beautiful and so we recorded with that tremolo both of those songs something about that tremolo was just the magic of staring like it all kind of came from that amp the backing vocals come from that that amp tone that we found and mm. really james found it every time he messes with gear and tones and sounds i'm like oh yeah wait that's cool though even mm -hmm. if he's joking sometimes still sort of like half joke with a tone and I'll be like, no, wait, I'm in love with that. I love the vocals that we came up with and I haven't really tried to do any of that besides here in my studio on a computer that hardly wants to turn on. So it was so fun to <laughs> be yeah. able to sing with myself a bunch in the studio and just sort of make things up on really nice microphones and hear them back uh -huh. and go through and like nitpick and yeah. Just kind of explore what we can do. It was fun. One of the things that I, I like so much about the way that the, these three songs are put together, you know, once again, kind of the, the book ends to the, the title track. Your singing in Staring is so, um, is like your lower register. And, and so it's just very like vulnerable and you're, you're miking very close and so there's a lot of like breath sounds in there and just all of those sounds so it's very very intimate most of this album is recorded that way the thing is when you get to living room that's we talked on on your episode a while back about how sometimes it's like people just come to shows to watch they used to come to shows to watch you bleed and i feel like you know, to, and I, I hope I'm not like digging into anything, so I, I apologize. But oh no, keep going. You're good. In, in this album, I feel like you are being vulnerable, but with boundaries. As in, I'm giving you everything that I wish to share with you. I'm used to hearing you sing with. Sometimes you just punch those notes, and it's just so powerful and strong. But but the whole album feels like up until about. I would say midway through living room, you don't jump into that. So it's like you're this whole time I was kind of waiting for that to happen and then it doesn't come. And then all of a sudden it happens and it's like, it was just done really, really well. I guess moving to living room, the, the title track of this EP. So what brought this song out specifically? 
like or not specifically but uh (laughs) i think what this song really encapsulates is the amount of self-reflection that we've all had to sometimes endure during isolation i'm not alone in the fact that this has been one of the most difficult years in mental health of my experience so far in my life but also i feel i was highly equipped every experience that i had prior to moving up here to work as a caregiver and to live completely alone with myself essentially without any of the same food for my ego that society and socializing and playing music and just being with other people in general gives you without that the this is where that song comes from is the space that's left of that of that okay so who am i without all of those things and realizing that the person i was with all of those things wanted me dead didn't have any real care for me and my body and my spiritual health and my mental health and so sitting here in this living room just thinking like if I continue to pour out everything that I have for my grandmother and my family, and then I come up here to my living room and I just smoke weed and cigarettes and drink beer and try and write songs and think of a time when I'll want to try and be happy again. That's what that song's about. You know, it's like I just wanting so bad to be out of that mental space, but not really having the strength or the stamina yet. I hadn't let myself rest, so I couldn't go on this journey of, of spiritual growth because I hadn't rested. But I could see then in that moment that I needed to... That's why it says, if I don't change, I'm dying in this living room. If I don't stop smoking cigarettes for lunch, breakfast, and dinner, and staying up all night thinking about how unworthy I am of happiness, I'm going to die. It may not be tomorrow or this year, but like this is not sustainable. You have to eat, (laughs) you have to drink water, you have to sleep, and you have to have some sort of connection to some kind of tether to, to humanity. And that's, for me, through spirituality. That's what Living Room is about. <laughs> I think it was about the third time that I listened to this that it hit me as this weird juxtaposition of I'm dying in this living room. You know, this idea that the title track, it being this living room, is hitting a bottom or finding that bottom or realizing that something has to change is the thing make you want things to be okay. I, I'm not sure how to like quantify that but yeah yeah there was also i guess what i thought of when you said that is just sitting in this environment you know being at that bottom and like wanting things to change is i looked up at like my furniture and the way i had set up my room my living room i had been telling myself i wanted community and friendship and togetherness by the way I had been setting up my room, because I'm really manic in a lot of my depression. I will rearrange every single room in the house. You know, there'll there'll be a really manic week, probably. It used to be like every three or four months, I'd have a really huge manic set of days or weeks where I would rearrange every room in my house going down to like reorganizing drawers. And like, I I have a set of drawers over here that has label, I have labeled on it and I will go through and, and, and try and rearrange my life and to a way that it makes it feel okay. That's me being very hungry for change. But 
I had set up my living room to be this circle of sitting. All of my house, in each of my rooms, there's an area for three or more people to sit. Even though I live alone and my grandmother doesn't come upstairs. Like, I had been so hungry for community. And so writing that song, sitting with a bunch of empty chairs and a bunch of empty furniture and spaces for living, breathing people who I miss to be but aren't there. That's definitely a visual understanding of where I was when when writing that song. It's been a really long, interesting, terrible year. (laughs) You know, I mean, (laughs) in some ways, I appreciate the fact that I finally get to live out my introvert dream. But I also realized that being productive as an introvert also relies on the sense that you have to go out, get uncomfortable, and then retreat, and Mm -hmm. then do those productive things in your introverted self. And so it was like, I I had all this time, but all this extra, like, lack of, um need for being alone which is like seems, yeah it's a, such an introvert thing to do but no I'm, i was 100 percent the same that that transition of understanding happened for me too really interesting to see kind of how you've explored that theme in a uh, living room and the the line of chasing spirits every afternoon i i think that it's interesting that you mentioned, you know, that the way that you've come to balance or peace has been a sense of spirituality or or seeking that spirit. So the original meaning has lo- a few different meanings. A lot of times when I write, every line has multiple meanings for me or representations. It's like most lines are a grouping of words that represent a feeling for me and not necessarily to be taken literally for what it means mm-hmm. i think is what i'm realizing in what it means in the context of our material life i i realize when i'm even when i'm writing about material things i'm thinking in terms of what i was feeling in context to whatever item i'm describing or action i'm describing when i say chasing spirits every afternoon i was thinking about how i'm constantly chasing the next pack of cigarettes and i smoke american spirits i was thinking about how my grandmother every day every moment is her traveling in her memories. Whether it's good or bad, her husband is deceased for many years, um, died in 89. She, you know, never married again and, and chose to never marry again. Just like thinking about things in these contexts of like, I'm 26 and thinking like, damn, it'd really be awesome if someone would wanna like make out with me and think I'm attractive or something. I'm so bored of myself. And then I think of my grandmother I'm thinking of the next time I can have a kiss and experience love. And she thinks about the last kiss she had with her only love. There's nothing on the horizon other than eventually going back to the spirit realm um, or whatever you believe in. And if, if you don't believe in anything, it's fine. But for her, the only next time is is the like eternal last time. That idea of chasing spirits, chasing memories every afternoon, all day, and like Mm. how I have also been doing that, and I'm too young to do that. I can't do that yet. What Me me doing that means I'm just stuck in PTSD. You know, Mm. her doing that is this beautiful, soft season of life where she's 92 and she has a whole lot of beautiful memories, Mm. you know? So... 
that line holds a lot of different feelings and meanings. Oh. I, I, you know, me, I'd be afraid that I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't really remember that, like, because it, you know, because I took it for granted or I didn't think too much about it. And so, I don't know, I guess that kind of uh, <laughs> uh, makes me a little sad. Well, I think that's the bittersweetness of, of being in the moment with life is that, like, if you let yourself get distracted while living, you could discover something amazing or you could miss out on something that you want to remember. And that's just sort of the gamble that you make and that you live with. <laughs> the, the living room song has almost like 10 seconds at the end that's just silence. So it, it kind of leaves mm -hmm. this kind of thoughtful moment. But there's there's this long pause. Was that something that, w did that just happen and you thought that's a great idea? I hadn't really thought about it feeling like really long, but I definitely wanted there to be space because at the end of living room, it's really a question. It's like, are you running from yourself or are you sitting with yourself? I think this song also, what I was thinking about a lot a lot, a lot during that time was the Black Lives Matter and everything that was going on and all of the understandings that I was having within myself of like, holy shit, the, the, uh, the understanding and the full weight of the difference between saying I'm not a racist and being actively anti-racist and actively understanding that like ignoring local politics means you're ignoring local problems and removing yourself from finding a solution and being part of the community and just like understanding really just like sitting with the idea of having to sit with yourself and sit with your ancestry and sit with the decisions you've made in your young life in your old life in your in whatever context that you can sit with and look at yourself that's something that i was trying to do in every aspect it was a lot easier to grasp spiritual concepts that I needed to when I had the application of relearning history. The real need to know that I could learn to show up in, in, in the way that I needed to show up, not only for myself, because it's hard to do anything for myself, because I am constantly hating myself. And that's just, I think, part of my personality or part of my mental illnesses and things that I'm working through. But it was so much more tangible to grow for the beloved community that I want this world to be than to grow for me and getting my life together because what does that look like you know and so at the end of living room it's a question are you sitting with yourself are you out running stagnant gloom sitting alone sighing in your living room like are you escaping yourself or are you finally sitting with yourself in order to leave that portion of yourself behind that song is really that moment of like right before the seed germinates of like are you going to are you going to do it this season? Are you going to are you going to spread roots? Are you going to grow upwards? Are you going to reach or are you going to go dormant? Are you going to stay dormant? You know, all of that was going on with that song. So the silence at the end of the song is cuz I'm hoping someone's soul is hearing that call to action. You've mentioned that this is it, this is kind of about a relationship, but like how did how did this start up especially in the middle of like the pandemic? There's a specific story, but I don't think I will share the specifics of it. Um, but, you know, I'm a human being and I was not, I acted like an idiot once during quarantine one time. Someone was really rude to me and instead of me being the practiced patient person that I have become, 
this was in the very beginning of the caregiver responsibilities and I wasn't managing my heart. Someone was rude to me and it triggered me and so I proceeded to drink. And then we went to another bar and I proceeded to drink. Some small town dude said some inappropriate words and my bartender charm came out and somehow I was able to educate him quote-unquote or at least correct him and got him to buy me jello shots all night so those are my social skills I haven't lost them but then I, I ended up sleeping with a human being and then that human being turned out to be not a not a very nice person but it was the night before my grandmother's birthday and I ruined her birthday because nobody knew where I was I just like went back to my old ways of going to the honky-tonk playing and like getting drunk and going home with somebody and continuing to drink or maybe sleeping with them or maybe staying up all night. So I went back and did the same old thing that I'd always done, my same old coping mechanism of trying to escape into falling in love. It went terribly because it will and always had and will always go terribly when you uh, approach something in that way. And I guess I mean approach something in that way, meaning I got drunk because I was mad. Not approach something that way as in you sleep with someone the first time you hang out with them. Fucking whatever. That's fine. So I got ghosted for the first time and I'd never been ghosted. So my ego got really cut down over quarantine. And looking back, I'm so thankful that it did because I had some really unhealthy conditioned ideas of myself and what love should feel like and look like and behave like. It was the smallest thing to be ghosted, but it was the hugest thing in this mental health space. So I was really vulnerable and really hurt. But in the concept of this album too, you mentioned something earlier about me being, I used to fear people coming and just to watch me bleed on stage. And now I'm like being vulnerable, but with boundaries. Like I'm really glad that that's something that's communicated whether I meant to or not, because that is something that I've been able to find in myself, which was instead of just getting in my head about it and staying in my head about it and making up a story that made sense to me as to why someone would say the things that this person said, hyper-romanticize and objectify and use me is what it felt like. Why would someone do that if I wasn't, you know, ugly, worthless, gross, whatever, but all those things, fill in the blank. I did do that, but instead of letting myself do that for too long, I just called him out. It was like, you did this thing and it's very shitty and it made me feel this way and like, I never want to see you at any of my shows. That's the boundary. I'm sure I looked like a crazy person to him and probably his friends and maybe some people who hear this, but whatever. I got to advocate for myself and, and make sure that I have the belief and the understanding that I deserve to feel good. And this guy does too, you know, like, you know, I have no ill will towards anybody who does anything. It's just like, you're being a human being, everyone's just being a human being, but, and everyone just wants to feel good. And everyone deserves to just have some way to feel good. It's simple. And there's no need to complicate it. This song to me is sort of my, is like the older sister to a song that I put out on Blue Darlin', which is called Trash. It's like the same moment in my life, but I've been doing the same thing, dealing with my sense of self and fear of self in the same way for so many years. And so I've had the same experience now 
you know, or similar experience. I would call this quarantine hookup mess up thing just sort of a small echo of what my life had been like for a long time. I was able to hold myself with more respect um, on a vibrational level as well as just a physical level and just a forgiveness level being like, okay, yeah, I did that. That was super scary and dumb. I went to a bar and did karaoke and we're in a quarantine and I slept with some dude and he has a job and he doesn't like me and I want him to like me and what's going on and oh, okay, I need to write a song. I need to understand myself. And then that's the song that came. You also said something about reminding you to mention this great Sweet Milk merch. Okay, so I will have sweatshirts that I'm really excited to have available. I'm pretty sure they'll be on my Bandcamp under the merch portion, and I'll probably, you know, share a link on the Facebook and stuff. Um, But they are real cute, soft, pink sweatshirts that say sweet milk on them and we're doing it with ANA graphics. Mike's been super helpful and awesome and I'm really excited to have cute little sweatshirts for you. Kenna, thank you so much for being on the show and telling me about your EP Living Room and about what went into each of the songs. Yeah, so everybody should go right now. If you haven't already, Go out to Bandcamp right now, today. It is April 16th. The link is in the show notes. So get out there and buy it. Kenna, thank you so much for being on the show. Yeah, thanks for, thanks for having me on. This was fun. Thank you for listening to Champagne is also a band podcast. This is Kenna May, Sweet Milk from episode 13, reminding you to check out Living Room, out now on all major platforms. Because great music is out there. Go find it where you live. socks there's really nothing like a fresh pair of socks you almost have an npr voice it's so good this zoom don't you like my visuals <laughs> this zoom right here in this area this one Right Not the in other this one. Area. Yes.